We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back, everybody. We are on, other, on the other side of 2023, now 2024. You know, we all survived Christmas. We all survived the New Year's. My New Year's got pretty wild. Uh, we can talk about that in a second. But, uh, you know, I'm glad we're, this thing's making it on throughout the rest of basketball season. And I, I've got Tim behind the scenes here and Michael from the station. And uh, let's just jump right into it. So Kentucky just defeated Illinois State 96-70, to 70, I believe that was, something of that sort. Um, the kind of narrative of that game was Antonio Reeves versus old team. Um, I, you called on the last podcast, you know, Antonio Reeves better go off against his old team. And I, I kind of questioned you. Um, I was like, he just went off against Louisville. I, I you know, I, who, is it going to be hot two games in a row? I, I wasn't confident. I just wasn't. He was nuclear against Louisville and I was wrong. And as many times as I am, I was wrong once again. So Michael, you called it. Well, what do you think about Antonio Reeves getting a very quiet, very urgent 27 points against his old team? Yeah, man. Well, like, you know, we talk so much about the freshmen and their draft side, but it's like Tone's trying to get to the league too. I mean, he, that's why like, you know, he didn't end last year the way he wanted that tournament game was awful. You know, it turned off some, some scouts, you know, some front office guys, whatever the case may be. He didn't like the thought of, you know, maybe getting a G league spot. And so he comes back and I mean, if he keeps scoring like this, someone's got to at least give him like, you know, a shot summer league is going to happen no matter what. And he'll have an opportunity to, you know, play well there, but he's trying to bump up his draft stock. And he has, he shoots so well and he scores at all three levels. Um, his leadership, obviously we've talked about it, is, is huge with him and Trey being those, you know, upperclassmen leaders. And so you got 27 and six boards in 34 minutes. That's fantastic, man. You got that, those two lethal freshman guards coming off the bench, but when Tone is scoring that way uh, and you got DJ just running the show, it's just, you know, it's kind of hard to not have them in the ball game. You kind of have to have them in the ball game. And, you know, they pick their nights, you know, Reed, Rob, um, Edwards down to 21 minutes again. We've talked about that, you know, good game, nine points, four boards, but um the minutes obviously fluctuates, but Tone, man, that that dude's a baller, and he's he's playing to try to get to the lead. 
Yeah. I mean, he's got a, in terms of getting drafted, he's got a lot of competition on his own team, but he's playing, you know, he's doing his, he's holding his own of the, um, of trying to get the league. I know last summer there was a lot of talk about him trying to think he got invited to a combine or such and just nothing went good that last summer. No, we didn't hear much good feedback. That's of course why he's back. Uh, but I seen a stat that said, no, this is six times this season. He scored more than 20 points a game. I mean, it's often him and Trey Mitchell are the top two scorers on our team. Like that's almost the most guarantee there's been on this entire talented team of freshmen. And then those two veterans, um, then I'll, so seen a thing said across his career, he's had 37 games of 20 plus points. So I mean, if anything, you're going to get a score. Um, if you take a chance on him uh, in the league and get him like a G League contract or whatever, he can find his role. And I think, you know, that's with this being his second year at Kentucky after so long in, in a NBA like system, you just, you know, obviously you get better and better. And it's eventually you're going to find your way onto some G League team. So even if it's at the bottom of the barrel, it's hard for these guys especially spending multiple years here to like kind of just fizzle off and quit playing basketball unless they go overseas or something. So I, I'm confident he'll find his way, um, whatever that may be. I, you know, he's he's played great this year. It's been obviously better than last year. And I think maybe some of that just goes to it was more forcing it last year. I mean, you know, they him, they were the guys and and they got more touches. And now you can kind of, you know, take them as they come and take the and be kind of picky with your shots. So I love to see that from Antonio Reeves. Um, Jordan Burks uh, was pretty impressive. He um, got a lot of minutes. I didn't get to see his final stats, and I don't think they were nothing crazy, but like that was the best we've seen from Jordan Burks since he's been here at Kentucky. Um, so that was something good to note. And then, um, you know, the normal guys, just Rob Dillingham, let's see, DJ Wagner, they all did their thing. But I don't know, it was exciting, a game that we knew we were going to win, um, won pretty comfortably. Um, kind of start to go on to the, I think they're at 10 and two now, 11 and two. So I don't know you know, you knew he's going to get that win and kind of cap out non-conference play before they take on at Florida. Um, that's going to be a rowdy environment nonetheless. Um, I don't know how Florida has been this year, but you gotta, you gotta know that game's going to be pretty wild. So it's kind of getting prepared for that. Yeah. I'm excited to see how this team performs on those quick turnarounds now, because you know, they, they've had one game a week, like all month. Um, and then one game a week again this week gives you a lot of time to scout you get in the conference play where it's you know it's rugged it's tougher and you gotta you know have those quick turnarounds two games a week which you know obviously isn't insane but it's just more than one so I think we'll learn a lot about this team in the next few weeks you know the fresh legs the depth is really going to help you know um they you mentioned Burks you know maybe he's gonna um you know get more time Ugana um they each got 11 10 minutes so I think we'll see more of them and it'll just be interesting to see them you know against some better competition the the big games you know Kansas North Carolina those were awesome you know we know that this team can play against the top teams in the country that's why they're sixth in the poll um but I think you know conference play is going to test them even more and especially with those two games a week you know some true road games only one really true road game with Louisville so um good tests for the team coming up i'm excited yeah oh i i kind of kind of say now that i'm I'm really glad we're getting past these non-conference games you know we got them over with those are always so slow but um, this year has been fun in the last handful of years i can remember this has been the most fun it's been but normally those are just slow guaranteed wins you know we got that north carolina kansas game to kind of have some fun with but 
now it's where this team gets really tested. I mean, even just the middle of the pack of the SEC is pretty talented, at least on most years. And so we, we know we've got a good team. We just want to see them against a good competition now. And, and then against North Carolina and Kansas, it was fun. Um, so I'm ready to see this SEC schedule get um, started and kind of see what this team is made of. Um, I'm glad you brought up the, yeah, this this morning sometime, the or actually this afternoon, the AP poll came out. Kentucky was ranked sixth right behind Tennessee. Um, but there was an interesting uh, note from that, that the last time that Kentucky was ranked sixth or higher after Christmas um, was the 2016-2017 team with De'Aaron Fox, Malik Monk, Bam Adebayo. That was a fun year. We know how good that team was. You know how far they went. You know, they had a uh, championship game in an Elite Eight matchup um, that went to a buzzer beater. So, you know, if you're kind of – the DNA is there is what I'm trying to get at. Um, I don't know. So now we're getting to the strong test of seeing what they're made up against consistently good competition and, and not just putting up 96 on a Illinois state of the world. Yeah, and I wasn't there for the game because I was obviously down in Jacksonville for the Gator Bowl. But um, I thought – you know, Cal said that, you know, he likes his team. He likes how they can, you know, pass, dribble, and shoot and everything. He likes this team, but he's upset about the rebounding. I didn't see the official rebounding numbers, but all these look kind of low. I mean, Bradshaw was just one board in 15 minutes. Uh, I guess they gave up, what, like 20 – they got out-rebounded by 24, or they gave up, like, a bunch of offensive rebounds or something, I saw. Yeah, um, was, they did get out-rebounded, 45 to 40. Wow. And then how many offensive boards did they give up? They gave up 24. That's what Cal was big on. Yeah, they yeah. got I don't that's think a, I realized that. That's an absurd amount, especially when you have, you know, 270-footers. So, and that's probably just effort, right? I mean, Tone was the only one that was really trying in this game. You know, the, it was a sleepy game, especially when you get to, like, tournament games like that. It's kind of a rush. And then you go to a game like this, and it's just kind of a snooze fest. Um, so, I, I don't think the guys were just really, like, given 100% effort, which isn't... No, Mr. Sheboy either. <laughs> uh, right, right. And, and you know, Cal misses him. Last year. Yeah, Cal misses him for sure when you're looking at the rebounding stats, but when you're looking at everything else, you're like, oh, I don't, I don't yeah. miss him that much. But, uh, no, I'm kidding. Oscar's the best. But um, the, the rebounding, yeah, it'll be interesting to see that. The whole Big Z thing is kind of weird. Um, you know, but it's good that he went over there and, you know, got to see his family and whatever. But as we talked about, it's like, I wouldn't be surprised if that dude just doesn't play all year. And, you know, who knows? Maybe he won't be people. Huh? I don't think he's coming back. I yeah. really do not. Yeah. His girl, uh, if most people don't talk about this part, but, you know, we all follow him on Instagram, at least I do. And uh, you know, his girlfriend's over there. And it's, and you know how it is when you're 19, yeah. 20, however old these kids are. I, I get mixed up with it now. It's their, it's your world. And that you make a lot of decisions based off your other spouse, because at the time it's a big deal. Um, so I know that's like a side factor, not even the main thing, but like, that's another thing that's, you know, your whole family, your girlfriend, yeah, all your life's there when you're over here in a totally different foreign world and you're not doing what you came here to do, uh, man, I, I don't expect them to come back. Um, I know all the PR talk and, and all the stuff on social media and things like that. They all say he's going to be back, but uh, it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me unless they find a way to get him eligible, but half the year's over now. I mean, yeah, we've talked about it. Like, you know, this team doesn't need three seven-footers. Like, you need two. You got Aaron. You got Ugana. And after that, like, I think it's good that Burks is going to see more opportunity. You know, he's a good four. Um, Cal said he doesn't love playing Edwards at the four. I feel like he kind of has to, you know, if to, just to get three 
of those incredible guards on the floor. Um, but that gives a good opportunity for Burks. I think he's a good player. I mean, it'll be good to see him get some reps. Um, all in all, I like the team. Um, Florida and then what? And then Missouri back here at home. So, and then like you know, the SEC is kind of weird. You know, like Ole Miss is still undefeated, right? And uh, yeah, South Carolina was like, weren't they the worst team in the league last year? And now they're uh, twelve and one. So eleven and two. I know non-conference is weird. Um, you know, because just competition. It but it'll be fun to see them in conference games for sure. Isn't Bama kind of down this year in basketball? I think they yeah, are. I got some this season games. Um. Yeah, Arkansas nine and four, Bama eight and five. Vandy's uh, five and eight. Oh, wow! I mean, I'm not that surprised, but five and eight's like really low to be a. How do you already have eight losses and not? Gosh. Um. But yeah, I mean, kind of what we've been hitting on all year. This, you know, Kentucky's not done anything in the postseason, um, especially not in the SEC tournament. This is the year to do it, and this is where it starts now. I mean, you're about to hit this full slate of all January and all February facing off against the SEC. This is the year to do it. This is the year for Cal and Kentucky to insert their dominance again, show them that they own the SEC, and that they need to make it happen this year. This, these teams are down. And, and even if the best, te- you know, the best teams in the SEC, Kentucky, they don't have more talent than Kentucky. If, as long as Kentucky goes out and plays the way they they should, I don't, they don't have a problem winning any of that. And they just kind of, you know, you're going to have some road tests where some people get cold and things don't go the way you plan, but you have so much talent on this team that it ain't likely six of your guys going cold against the team, even if you're all on the road in that crazy environment. So they better do it this year, in my opinion. They've done well at Florida. Um, I, I covered that game at Florida last year, which was a lot of fun. I got a buddy that lives in Orlando and uh, kind of wanted to do it again. But since I was just down there, I was like, I can't do it. I can't make the, can't make the trip down. But that should be, that should be a solid. It'll be a tough, it'll be a test. But we'll really start to know what these other SEC teams are looking like um in the next few weeks but uh i think i think tennessee obviously one spot ahead of them at five in the poll they're gonna be the real deal so these games are gonna be fun man this is football's done now we focus on hoops it's gonna be a good uh good few months michael i did want to check with you one thing um so for you all listening we do have a guest coming on after this michael's got to hop off in just a second so we're gonna cut this part a little short but michael before we got out of here I did want to ask you kind of two little points. Um, the first one was, did you want to hit on just a little bit about your experience down at the, at the bowl game? I know it, you know, that we all have our opinions on the ending, but like outside of that, like how was a you know, quick little synopsis? How was the trip to um, Gainesville? And then also want to see how your new year's and Christmas Eve went. Cause you know, we ain't seen, I ain't seen you guys in a while, man. We all kind of took that break. Just have family time, do the kind of things that are a lot more important um, outside of this world of basketball and football. So how was that trip down in Gainesville or Jacksonville? It was good, man. I wish the weather was nicer. I kind of wanted to like go go on the beach or something, but that was good. It was a good trip. Um, and you know, I like Jacksonville. People don't really like it. People have had a lot of negative reviews on Jacksonville. I thought it was cool. I mean, it's obviously not as nice as Miami or you know other spots, but um, it was good. That's just tough loss. You know, I kind of felt like last team with the ball was gonna. A good shot at winning that ball game once that because that fourth quarter was just wild it's kind of and both defenses were just cooked but um it's it's tough they uh they're gonna have a little revamp um it'll be fun to see brock 
and uh, you know if Chip can be another thousand yard rusher for the program. So I I love football. So it was fun. It was fun to just get down there. Yeah, kind of ready for this new season of football. I mean, as far away from possible right now that we are, but like I'm I'm kind of ready to pass on on this team. It was had ups and ups and downs, a lot of um, head scratching moments, frustrating moments throughout the year. I'm just kind of ready to pass this one on. Wish I would have won, but what can we do? Um, before we let you go, Michael, did you have a good New Year's, Christmas? I know you probably went back home, didn't you? Uh, back to Michigan? Yeah, I went back home the week before Christmas, and then I worked Christmas Eve and Christmas just to have uh, our other two, Jordan and Colby. They wanted them to have off, have the holiday off, so I worked those days. And then, uh, and then, um, and then, yeah, New Year's was fun. Just hung out with some of the Fox people. Uh, and then sandwich that Jacksonville trip in between. So it's been a busy month, but a good month. What about yours? That was good. I went down to see my mom actually in four. I was there about a week before you, but I was on the other side of the state at the very bottom down at Fort Myers to go see my mom. So it was weird seeing palm trees on December 24th, Christmas Eve, but I just made it back for Christmas. We drove 13 and a half hours throughout the night. It was wild, but um, yeah, it was good, man. The new year's Eve, I went to go watch Tyler and Rupp arena. That was a, a moment. Um, me and Jordan um, went to go out. Jordan Mathis went to go out to see him. Then we made a little trip down to the bars downtown Lexington. Got some stories from that night, man. Uh, last uh, last night, yeah, uh, it was pretty wild. Didn't go to sleep till like four this morning. Caught some sleep before we hopped on here, man. But yeah, it was good, man. It was wild. I don't normally get that wild, but it, it was fun. We had me and Jordan had ourselves a little night. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I got this hat there. Um, I was just like, Tyler, dope hat. I was like, take all my money. So I don't know. Yeah. So that is a dope hat. I need one for sure. Wasn't 35 bucks, man. I was expecting to be like 50 bucks or something. It wasn't bad. Um, Tyler was good as can be. And yeah, we were there through New Year's. So like they had a big countdown. Confetti came all there. Like it was a cool moment. I'll send you a video later. Um, but uh it, it was cool. It, it was a great New Year's. Best one I've had in a while. Um, I'm glad he's I a legend, be- man. Shake the frost. What a I mean, what yeah. great song. He's got an awesome voice. Got to hear him saying, You remind me of a Sunday back home in Old Kentucky on a Sunday. Oh, moment man perfect it's good man other than that michael um we got a college football playoff game going on right now i've been watching it a little bit i have to admit it's been right here on my tv so let's hop off and uh i think we're pulling for bama right now yeah michigan i want them to lose every single game i'm a michigan state grad so wolverines can go kick rocks and uh roll tide today i got wearing the red for them yeah don't tell nobody real tide <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right well michael all right, have catch you next time As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM Sportsbook for this college basketball season. We're going to be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and predictions throughout the college basketball season. And we are going to have special offers for you, the listeners and the viewers on the field of 68 each and every week during the season. If you haven't signed up with BetMGM yet, use the bonus code FIELD1500 and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager on BetMGM Sportsbook. Here's what you got to do. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD1500. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. You will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets if that bet loses. Just make sure you use the bonus code FIELD1500 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient for me when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly. When cross the state borders, just log into your existing account instead of having to create new accounts in each state that you go to. And most importantly, I got to let you know, 
We do have some fun stuff coming up for this college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops odds boosts, my personal favorite, parlay odds boosts. So download the BetMGM app today. All right. Welcome back, everybody. On the other, We're on the other side of the break. We just let Michael go. He had to go back to his TV duties. But now we've got a special guest, Jonas Alger. And I know I'm going to butcher that. Jonas, welcome to the show, man. How you doing? Doing great, man. Great to be here, man. Did I get that right, or did you want to correct me real quickly? Alger, Alger, it's the same thing, you know. There you go. Well, you are with, of course, Tennessee Tech at the moment. Um, you were a, is it a student manager? What did you call it when you were with uh, Kentucky a few years ago? So I was a student manager for four years. Uh, I started, you know, right before my freshman year when my first my first semester in, I got the job. Um, long process. It took basically the whole summer. I had to work the camps, kind of volunteer and show that I was a hard worker. And uh, their equipment manager thought that I was, you know, worth hiring. So he gave, went ahead and gave me the chance. So, you know, I'm blessed for that. And I still thank him all the time for that, you know, just that opportunity. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, so let's kind of let's kind of get into that. So what years were you at Kentucky and and kind of talk about how that got in the mix and you're kind of a quick experience at Kentucky or it doesn't have to be quick. You can go as much detail as you want. Yeah. So I had probably one of the most interesting four years as a manager. Um, so my freshman year was the 2019-20 team with Tyrese Maxey, Emmanuel Quickly, um, Nate Sestina, EJ Montgomery, you know, Nick Richards. It was a very solid, Ashton Hagens, like very, very solid team. Um, and we started off rough that year. I don't know how much you guys remember. Um, you know, we lost to Evansville. Um yeah, yeah. Khalil Whitney left a couple weeks after. Um, we had Johnny Juzang off the bench, and that was freshman year Keon Brooks. So, you know, we had a great team, great roster. We were playing well. Tyrese hit that Michigan State three-pointer. Like, great season for us, and we finished it strong. And then, of course, COVID hits. and We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We still to this day are pretty confident that we were a Final Four team. Um, and a lot of people, you know, bash Cal for 
we haven't been what haven't won tournament games this many years, blah, blah, blah. But that was one of those years that kind of got stolen from us. Um, but, you know, the job was great. Um, it's a lot of hard work. And, you know, the managers are really the unsung heroes of the program. Um, for example, like I'm not there anymore, but my friend Ray Surratt, he's he's six foot ten. He played for Lafayette and Lexington. Everyone knows him from the white streak in his hair. Um, he was he's in there every day banging against the bigs, um, you know, doing as much as he can to just help them get better, whether it's rebounding, playing defense or trying to score on them, like whatever it is. So, you know, they do a lot. But then again, he'll be wiping the floor during the games or throwing the throwing the seats out or something, you know. So he's you know, they do a little bit of everything and anything that any side job that no one really wants to do, they usually throw it on the manager. So, you know, those guys, and it teaches you a lot. You learn a lot about hard work and, um, you know, it, but it's a privilege. It, it was a privilege to be there all four years. And I, I loved every minute of it. But uh, so freshman year, we had Tyrese, you know, that group COVID hits. And then obviously 2021 really rough year. Um, or 2020 into 2021 was a rough season for us. Uh, we had, you know, Olivier Saar, Oscar had transferred but couldn't play. Um, Devin Askew, those guys, we we really struggled. Um, and it's interesting because, like, a lot of the Blue Bloods did struggle that year. I thought that was something that was, you know, consistent around the, the you know, the program, the, the, the country, really. Um but, you know, just didn't have it that year, struggled in a lot of aspects, uh, a lot of injuries. Terrence Clark, you know, B.J. Boston came in with the broken pinky. Terrence was hurt the whole season. So it was kind of a rough, rough go for us. Um, and then my last two years were Oscar's two years with us, um, you know, with Xavier Wheeler and uh, Keon and uh, guys like that, Davion Mintz. And me and Oscar from then on, you know, we became basically brothers like – I was always in the gym with him. Um, you know, got we just had two great years and they just came up short, you know, with St. Peter's. That was an embarrassing time. We could get into that, you know, a little bit if you want, uh, a little bit later. But and then my last year with Kansas State. Finally, if you think about it, four years as a manager, I got one tournament win against Providence. So, you know, it, it was something that, you know, almost brought me to tears. When it happened, I was so glad because after St. Peter's and all the stuff we had gone through, um, but you know, I'm still grateful for the pro for the you know the time I was there, and you know, I would have killed for this year because I feel like they're another Elite Eight to Final Four, you know, potential. So you know, I hope they really make it this year. I'm I'm still rooting for them every day. So. Yeah. So those four years, um, I got, we got a buddy named Matt, uh, Matt Sack. He uh, he was a student at UK as well in those same four years. And and I talked to him a bunch about this. And, uh, you know, I, I know you went through the exact same thing, but like you grow up watching Kentucky basketball. And you think about like, wow, you know, when you finally got offered to be on the staff and help, it's like all those dreams of all these final fours I'm going to get to go to in these tournaments. Yeah. And then you go through the four years that you went through. Uh, you should you should have had a good year that first year, but COVID took that away. Then the last three years are pretty rough. Um, man, that's just, just a tough run to go through. Like that's you, your dreams, just like of doing those postseason runs, just got kind of taken out from under you. Um, so that's that's that's, that's the worst. But uh, I did want to get into what's that like? What's your um, what's that day to day schedule like when you're with UK? Like what kind of hours are you putting in? And like what was the majority of the stuff that you kind of found yourself doing? Man, it is rough. I'll tell you that. Um, 
passing college, passing your college classes as a manager is one of the roughest things I ever had to go through. Um, and again, yeah, it was rough growing up. Just to touch on what you were saying, like I grew up, I wanted to play NBA basketball. I wanted to be a Kentucky guy like 2009, 2010, you know, when John Wall and Cal came, like I fell in love with it, you know, um, quit all my sports in high school for basketball, even though my parents were not happy with it. And, uh, you know, towards my senior year, I was like, well, I want to coach. So what can I do to get into this? Um, and then it kind of, you know, I was blessed with this opportunity. So it was great. And not winning a tournament game except for one sucked. But just the experience and getting to know the coaches, getting close with Cal, like that was something that I'm never going to forget. And, you know, to this day, it's going to help me out in the long run, too. Um, hitting on what you're talking about earlier. Um I'm having a blank here. What were you, what did you ask me? Yeah, you know, you're, you're expect having these postseason runs and you're these dreams of like, wow, I get to be a part of this for the next four and years. The, okay. And then the daily. Okay. So your daily, you know, especially with who they got now, which you all talk about in a little bit with coach Welsh. But uh, so my freshman year, it was more, we had guys like Emmanuel and Tyrese, they would work out at six, 7 AM, um, you know, get a good hour in where you're playing defense in the morning and then you're rebounding for them, and then you go get breakfast, go to class. Practice two, three o'clock every day. They'll practice for a good amount of time every day, and then there's spot shots after. Some guys work out in the evenings. So, you know, it's it's rough, and you might have a laundry day once or twice a week. It depends on how many managers they have each year. That kind of varies. Um, my year, I think there were nine. Um but uh, yeah, it's interesting, man. It's 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 hard to pass your classes and still give all you got to the program and prioritize it. And that's one thing we tell people, like when we're looking for managers, we're like, hey, man, you probably can't be in a frat like you can't do like this is your frat if you do it like it is the biggest, the most time consuming thing. But it's also rewarding. I mean, going to the Christmas dinner and hanging out with the coaches every every year is a great time. Um, and to be honest, like I'm still reaping the benefits of it today. I'm, I'm in the position I am at Tennessee tech today because, you know, Cal made that call for me and the assistants were, you know, rooting for me. And you could see a lot of, a lot of former UK managers end up doing something good. If, even if it's not coaching, um, I do know one example, Randy Gregory, he, uh, is on the magic staff. He started off as a video guy and just last or two seasons ago, he was coaching Paulo in the summer league. So, you know, it's a great place to start your career. And, you know, it teaches you a lot of hard work and how to juggle so many things and so many responsibilities. Yeah. Can you, um, as much as you feel comfortable sharing with, but like, you know, I know over those four years, you made great relationships um, in terms of, you know, you said Cal made a call for you to helping you get this job is I think that's what you said. Is there, did he ever give you like any um, advice, even whether it's coaching related or just personal, but like, was there any moments that you're able to share kind of like, you know, it goes kind of stuff that is behind the scenes that they kind of shared with you advice to make you add, you know, advancing your career as you're getting started. Yeah, I would say, um, especially at the manager dinner, um, he kind of talks to us about, what it means to be a manager and and you know a lot of the times we don't get celebrated for what we do um I mean he even scolds us during practice which a lot of college coaches do like if I throw a bad lob to Oscar in practice he'd be like come on man like get it together like and and you know it's like you're just a manager but at the same time he's trying to hold, hold everyone to the highest standard and that's something that I loved um 
But in terms of when I was about to graduate and trying to figure out what I wanted to do, um, he was just really helpful. And the assistants, too. Um, they were very, you know, you, you probably should take this job. You should look at this job. Um, you know, it, it, everything as far as like whether it's not being late to a workout or whatever, they keep you to the highest standard. Uh, Coach Chen is is fantastic with the managers. He keeps them going. He, you know, when Cal is busy and trying to focus on other things, the assistants kind of make sure that everything's right. And that's up to the manager. So we have to work really closely with guys like Orlando Antigua and, and especially Coach Chen and Bruiser. Um, but yeah, I mean, especially Coach Chen, he, he gave me a lot of advice. I would sit in his office sometimes and just pick his brain. I mean, he's, you know, he he's got this whiteboard with all these, you know, plays and stuff on them. And, and it's all written. It's all out. And he's, he's a grinder. He's someone that, you know, I learned a lot about what it really takes to be a successful coach in this, in this profession. Um, it's, it's rough. And, and you know, I'm going to spend a lot of years where I'm not going to be, you know, the head guy. I may never be the head guy, um, but I have confidence in myself to get there eventually. And, you know, especially cause they gave me that confidence. Uh, Jonas. So I know over the four years, you, um, well, most years, there's usually a lot of NBA players. You could crank out a bunch of those at Kentucky. We didn't have as many over the four years that you were there, but they still had some. And, and whether they went pro or not, um, there were a lot of great personalities on those teams. I mean, I can do, we can just list them off. But anyways, over those four years, what kind of relationships, which players do you think you maybe got the closest with off the court? Um, what are some memories you've had that kind of, you know, we don't get to see any of that stuff. You get the up close one-on-one. How, how was those four years like, and what kind of players can you just immediately stick out to you over those years? Uh, for me, it's definitely Oscar, um, second and third, probably like, I don't know if I could even rank them, probably Jacob Toppin and Olivier Saar. Um, so, for example, like Oscar, Oscar's just always a joy to be around, you know, and like he's funny. He, he his he, he first, you know, came to Lexington and his it was hard to understand him for me because like he he kind of spoke broken English and which has gotten way better since then. But, you know, he was a little shy at first. We had heard different things about him before he came to Kentucky and everything was like just, you know, they said how much he had such a bad rep coming into Kentucky. Yeah, they oh, it, it's interesting. They they would said that he was such a hard guy to like handle and you know on and off the court. And I really got no sense of that. And you could see, obviously, you know, he's always smiling. He's never really shown to be a bad teammate. Um there's there's endless, you know, endless things with Oscar that were just either funny or, you know, it just shows he's a good guy. Um, I went to I went to the combine with him this last summer and, you know, rebounded for him during that whole workout. And um, just one of those things like he took care of me. He wanted me to help. He wanted to help me get, you know, some opportunities and be able to rub shoulders with some NBA guys. Um, uh, I worked the summer league the last two seasons for um, in Vegas for the Timberwolves. And I got to be with him then. And I got and again with these other guys like. I've been to Vegas two summers now and, you know, first summer I, I show up and Tyrese Maxey's there and he sees me, Jonas, yo, gives me a hug. Like those guys, they remember that, that you were there every morning at 6 a.m., 7 a.m. with Emmanuel and Tyrese. Like that year, those guys were in there every morning, you know, tired as hell every morning, but, you know, they appreciate that. And those guys, the ones that are really, you know, happy that you, help them out like that they'll give back and uh I would say 
me and Olivier saw were pretty close. And obviously that COVID year was rough. Um, but you got to think like it was a hard situation for him. So he had transferred to UK peak of COVID and his, it was a travel ban. He couldn't go back to France to see his family, his girlfriend. So he went and just moved into the lodge before like anyone else did. He had multiple weeks where he was just like the only person living in Lexington at the lodge. Um, so, you know, me and Olivier, we would always go fishing. Like I would take him out. He's a big outdoorsman. Uh, he loved to do stuff like that. Uh, and then obviously we'd get our workouts in whatever, but you know, something to like, you know, do something while you're cooped up during COVID. And that was something that was great. Um, he's a great guy. Um, Jacob, Jacob Toppin, he's hilarious. He's, he's, we, uh, coach Cal used to call him 13. You're th you act like a 13 year old, uh, which is funny. He's just always, you know, energetic guy. Um, you know, he really grew up his, his time at Kentucky too. um, transferring, Obviously, during the COVID year, struggled, didn't play much uh, from Rhode Island. His shot was pretty broken. It, it looks so much different than what it is now. He he developed so much as like not only as a player, but as a person. Um, he put hours and hours in the gym. And, you know, he, he really showed out last year. And, and he's showing out in the G League now, too. And he finally got his first NBA bucket in minutes the other night, which was great for him. Uh, but, yeah, man, I mean – I don't know about any specific stories, but, you know, especially just like being around those guys, Jacob was always a goofball, like, you know, making jokes. Oscar was dancing all he dances all the time, just in, in the elevator in New Orleans, like in like just random spots, like just always in a good mood. That's something that was always great. You know, I'm never going to forget those guys, even though they're, you know in other states all around the country, you know, EJ Montgomery playing overseas, like guys like that, you know, they see me, I saw EJ in Vegas, he recognized me, like, they, they don't, they don't forget that stuff, you know. That's good that you build those connections over the years. Uh, one thing I did want to touch on, because that COVID year was so different, and uh, so we had little access as media and stuff. Do you mind? I know it's a soft, I know it's a sore subject, but like Terrence Clark, I mean, we, we got to see how happy he was. He remind, it kind of reminded me of a bunch of Aaron Bradshaw this year. Just like put a camera in front of that guy. He's going to sit there and smile the whole time, whether the camera's there or not. And it just seemed like a great joy to be around. And I know as media, I don't get to really get to be around him a whole bunch with the whole COVID and stuff. So it was real limited that year for us. What was Terrence Clark like? Like everybody, I've heard so many good things about it, but can you kind of give a little use, give a little quick uh, insight on Terrence Clark and his personality? Terrence was a great person. He was always, you know, always smiling. One of those guys like Oscar that is just like through the good and the bad, he's always in a good mood. Um, he worked his ass off. I don't know if I can cuss on this podcast, no, but uh he, he worked so hard and, and he stayed, he had these like nagging injuries throughout the year that really kept him and the team as a whole from, you know, jumping into that next spot. Um, we had Olivier had a foot problem he was dealing with. BJ had a pinky like, and Terrence had, I don't remember what it was, maybe his ankle or his knee or something, but you know, he w wasn't able to really showcase and that team wasn't really able to develop into a winning team. But I mean, despite that he was still always in a good mood always you know saying we're gonna get better it's okay I'm not worried about us we're gonna be fine all the way up to the SEC tournament so you know that's something that 
you know, you really respect out of someone because it's hard. I mean, ask ask the Pistons. Ask the Pistons how hard it is to have fun when you're losing every game. I mean, it was rough. It was a rough year, but, you know, it was. It speaks a lot to his character that he was still positive and still thought we were going to be okay through those bad times. Yeah. Um. One more soft subject. Or so I keep saying one more sore subject, and we'll get off the more down stuff and kind of be more positive. But you, you said you were in. You were there for that St. Peter's game. I know you were on the staff that year. Um, in terms of, I'm 25, so I, I didn't get to experience the, the, I don't think any of us got to experience the Christian Leitner, uh, Duke and all those things. I did, we all got to experience the Wisconsin one, of course, that lost, but you know, I can vividly remember that St. Peter's game. It was just, I can't even explain how awful feeling it was. And, and you were there in the locker room, you were there for the, the bus and plane rides there. You were there the whole trip. Can you tell us a inside perspective of just kind of how it went inside, you know, moments after that game and the season's over and you think that everybody's leaving. We thought everybody thought Oscar was gone at that point too. I know we did. What was that um, very dark moment like at Kentucky? It was humbling. Um, wow. That's, that's one of those things that me as, as someone that wants to coach and I'm just now starting my career, something that I'm never going to forget. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to act like I could sit here and predict that we were going to lose, but that day just felt eerie shoot around. I don't know. I don't know if we were looking for forward to the next game or what, um, but it was just different, it was just very different. Um, the whole mood just seemed like everyone, everyone felt like we were going to win, obviously. Like we really believe we were going to win, but we come out, we come out flat the offense is kind of stagnant. We turn the ball over a little bit too much. And then we're like, oh crap, like this might be happening. And post game, I mean, it was rough. We had, you know, guys were, you know, pretty, pretty upset in the locker room. Um, and it was something where we go back to the hotel that night and Twitter's blowing up, obviously, and social media is calling for a uh, cow to be fired, like stuff like that, which is ridiculous. And, and like, obviously in the long run, we, we say that now it's crazy to think about, but they were calling for these guys to get fired. This coach didn't do enough. This player needs to leave, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, wow. And I just remember calling my parents, like, mom, what's going to happen? Like mom and dad, like what's going to happen to this program? Like we, I've never been more concerned about the future of the program than a night like that. And that's something that I'm going to have to take with me when I grow up as a, you know, as a head coach and finally get my first position. Like that was a rough night. That was one of those nights where I was like, wow. <laughs> um, and, you know, we, we came back and thankfully Oscar came back, but yeah, you thought we really thought that basically that whole starting five was gone. We thought Keon was maybe going to go to the NBA. We thought, you know, guys could transfer or whatever. Um, just you know, that's 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 a infamous night for our our generation for sure. Yeah, yeah, that um, we'll be talking about that for a long time, and then opposing fan bases will probably talk about that a little bit longer. They're the ones that will give that thing life for a while, just to rub it in our face. That was a it was a weird time. And a lot of people do say that that morning and that uh, that afternoon before was something that was off. Um, so yeah, maybe there was. Uh, I, I for sure was looking for the next opponent. Uh, I for sure that we had it at wraps, and maybe that's what happens. I don't know. I can't speak for the players. You know, if they were, maybe that's what kind of happens. Who knows, man? But 
Um, on to more positive things. Thank you for sharing those. But um, so now you're with Tennessee Tech. Can we get into kind of like, you know, you're you've got a big boy job now at Tennessee Tech on the staff. Um, what's that like been like for you and how'd that come about? I know you said Cal kind of helped a little bit, but you've worked hard to get there. Well, how how'd that come into uh, fruition? Yeah, so uh I really wanted an MBA job. I was really looking for one and the other option would be to be a graduate assistant somewhere um so you know beginning of the summer I applied to places like Coastal Carolina uh SEMO uh Duquesne like UNLV uh Kansas State like anything that popped up I was applying to I mean I don't care if I didn't have any connections to the program like I was just looking for something because it's really hard to get your foot in the door in a, in a profession like this. It's really rough, especially if you're not a former player. Um, so, you know, I, I applied to a bunch of places. Prefer I was preferring a D- Division One place. Um, and then I went ahead and worked the summer league again with the Timberwolves, and I was hoping that a job would come to fruition there. Um, nothing really worked out. We talked about an equipment job, and that's just not something I really wanted to do. Um, so fast forward to a little bit towards the end of the summer, I was like, man, I need to make a decision. And my dad was was like, Hey, what about tech? Like, what about Tennessee tech? Coach Pelfrey went to my hometown. Like he's a good dude. I'm I'm sure, you know, the Kentucky connection can help you out. And man, has it, has it helped? Um, I remember I was got a couple phone calls with coach Pell. Um, and then I hit up the assistants and, and Cal and I was like, Hey, um, is it okay if I send you send Coach Pell your number, Coach? And he was like, "Absolutely, I'm rooting for you. Like, let me talk to this guy." And and obviously, you know, things went great. It helped out, and um, here I am. And it's been great. Uh, we've struggled a little bit to begin this season. We're ri- we're riddled with injuries. We've got 16 on the roster, and we've got I think seven guys out right now. So we can barely even practice five on five. Um, yeah. And conference play just started. We'll, we'll see how we do against Moorhead this weekend. Um, but it's been different. It's so much different. Um, I'm getting more opportunities to, you know, do actual coaching. I got to do a scout for one of the NAIA teams we beat. Um, I got I get to do all these workouts and assist the players in ways that I couldn't as a manager, uh, which is something that's great and it's good for me. Great experience. And the coaches kind of treat me like family too. That's something that's great. Like I could go to, you know, go to Pell for anything. Um, and obviously for those that don't know coach Pell, like obviously he, his name's in the rafters at Rupp. He's, you know, played under Patino. He was an assistant during those Florida years where they started winning national championships and, you know, put that program on, on a pedestal. And uh, he was briefly a coach, the head coach at Arkansas, um, and now he's there and he's trying to, you know, develop this program. And it's been great for both of us. Uh, I think it's been a good mutual thing. And uh, yeah. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Yeah. So like you said, you're down in Tennessee now. Um, what, you know, you go from the mecca of college basketball, you know, Lexington's a college town, Rupp Arena, Coach Cal, Kentucky basketball, all the good stuff out with that. And Tennessee Tech, it is a different world. It's a complete different experience. Um, what's it like, uh, you know, you're in Tennessee. Do you wear do you wear any blue down there? Like, I know you got your drowning in Vol Nation. Like you got me that? wearing purple right now, but I promise you on my off days, I'm rocking Kentucky. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, I would say that this is a really good move for me. I think it was the perfect move because I spent four years at one of the top, you know, I would I would say top blue blood in the in the world. Um, and you go from there to a program that is still building and trying to grow a culture. And on top of that, I was working with five-star NBA caliber players, and now I'm working with a little bit less where you have to kind of train them different ways um, you have to work on more simpler things, different things, uh, different moves, different ways to play, like playing off two instead of, you know, playing off one in the paint, like just stuff to lower turnovers or make the game more simple. Whereas like a guy like Rob Dillingham and Reed Shepard, all those guys, like they can they can make kind of those crazy, a little bit out of control plays. So it's been good for me because that's something I've had to adapt to. And I'm not going to, I was never always going to stay at Kentucky. So, you know, jumping to a program in the OVC like this has been the best decision for me, I think. So Jonas, are you from Kentucky or or did you just come here for college or what's your kind of background like? Yeah. So uh, my parents are both from Eastern Kentucky. Uh, My dad is from Paintsville. My mom is from Leslie County. Um, So like way, way Eastern Kentucky. Um, but by the time I was born, they're living in Georgetown and Lexington. And then I grew up in Northern Kentucky in Grant County. Um, so I played basketball there, did the whole thing, graduated. And then I'm the youngest of three. So my parents are a little bit older. They retired at the same time that I graduated high school and they went ahead and got a house in Lexington because I got the UK job and stuff like that and started, you know, started my undergrad there. So, um, Basically, I, I say I'm from Lexington, but I'm pretty much from Northern Kentucky, if, if you'd ask me. Um, but yeah, yeah. So wanted to, wanted to, I was originally going to go to Eastern Kentucky and be do some aviation. That's what kind of like what the, you know, I wanted to be a pilot. I was kind of the whole, the path for me before my senior year of basketball ended. And I had always been addicted to it since about 2010. And as soon as that season ended, I was like, well, oh my God, I need to do something basketball related. And here I am now, a couple of years later, trying to start my career as a coach. And I'm, you know, I'm grateful for all the decisions I've made. So, so yeah. Ain't it crazy how like just one little decision changes your life? Like that's a lot of pressure when you think about it, but yeah, you almost went to EKU and then whatever made you decide to come to UK has led to everything else because of the connections and just Kentucky basketball itself. It's wild how that works. But um, so did you grow up a Kentucky fan or like, do you consider yourself a Kentucky fan? Oh, at all? all day, all day, man. I mean, uh, I, I was, you know, I used to wear number four, my really young years, um, because of Rondo, Rondo, you know, I played what O two, O three, something like that. Um, and I was a big Celtics fan when I was like eight, nine years old around the time they were winning titles, um, with that big four. And, uh, 
Then Cal comes to Kentucky, and that's when I just went like full UK, like crazy. Um, so you know, my parents would try to take me to games. I watched as much as I could. The hair, the AD year, the Harrison years, like Brandon Knight, all those guys, like you know. So it was a dream come true when I finally got that job. Um, and to think, like to think now that I was like that looking back and now some of these guys like I'm mean, I've interacted with, I'm close with, like it's something that, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful for. So grateful. Uh, so what's uh what what got you into Kentucky sports? Like who introduced you to that? Like for me it was my dad. Um can you remember what kind of got your fandom started and maybe like your earliest memory as a Kentucky fan? It was definitely my parents. Um my dad was a UK football guy a little bit more than basketball. But my mom went to UK and she went to the games. She, you know, she loved her time at Kentucky and I just kind of grew up into it. I grew up wearing a Kentucky, like there's an old picture of me as a baby with a little rubber basketball with a Kentucky like shirt on. Like I just grew up into it and it's been in my veins, you know, since I was born. So I would credit my mom mainly for basketball, but my dad kind of too. A lot of people that aren't from Kentucky, they don't realize that like it's a way of life here. Like it is that we don't have a professional team to root. We don't for. have yeah, we don't have NFL. Like like for me, since Northern Kentucky, it was kind of the Bengals. But in Kentucky, there's nothing like it's 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 UK basketball or it's nothing. So you know, it's people don't really understand it outside of it, and they, I get made fun of, especially down here. They they like to tease me for being a Kentucky fan all the time. They just don't understand, you know. You're putting up the good fight down there. So thank you for your service. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Man, they, they um, I just get to see it. Well, outside of a couple of Tennessee games, I've been down there a couple of times for football, not made it down there for basketball yet, but like, I just get to really see the online stuff and I'm I'm not trying to exaggerate. Yeah. Even outside of Louisville, outside of Duke, out of everybody else, Tennessee fans are the ones that just like are in the comment sections. Um, I mean, we, when, uh, there's a thing, a time last year, like our, our website traffic boosted and I'm not kidding you. It said Knoxville, Tennessee is where half of it was coming from. Yeah. Like, or <laughs> like we, we say they're obsessed and stuff, but like we have facts to back it up. And then like, uh, so that's a whole nother thing I could get on. Uh, but, but let's wrap into this year. So, you know, you like, you you mentioned earlier you wished you know you could have had been here this year as well because you know Kentucky basketball has finally got back to where we think it's been we so far you know outside of those four rough years um how are you feeling about this team so far I mean do you want to go ahead and predict them to go to the championship or like you want to wait and see like what's your thoughts yeah. man? I think they definitely have the talent there's so many things that go into making it to a national title I mean you're a Kentucky fan too man we had some teams especially what 2016 we should we should have more than one title I, in my opinion with with the talent we've had we should um but it, i mean you have to there's luck that is involved there you got to be healthy like there's so many things but given that i think this is one of the most talented uk you know basketball teams in since the devin booker year I, okay i mean you've got guys that I, I want to say four or five, maybe six NBA dudes, you know, on this team um, and maybe a couple more that will play overseas. Uh, you've got Reed Shepard, who I'm a little biased because I trained him last summer. But, you know, I think he's fantastic. I think he could be a one and done, but I don't think that's really something he's worried about. They're not really, you know, they're not really in a rush. Um, and a lot of these guys aren't these days. I mean, um, the last couple of years, we've had guys that stay multiple years like Emmanuel and like PJ Washington, guys like that. 
Um, but as far as talent and especially the way they play, there's such a difference this now between like like I went to UK practice for four years. The stuff they're doing now, it's kind of a mixture of Cal's dribble drive stuff, but then it's a little bit more modern. Let them do their thing. Um, let them take more threes. Um, I had some stats on here. They went from like they were in the three hundreds in three point percentage, three point attempts. My years with Oscar and that and that team, but they are number one in offensive rebounding. You go to this team, they're like top sixty, top fifty in threes, top you know, and in pace, they're way faster now. They just they play so much differently. They've got a lot of guys that can dribble, pass, and shoot, and that's like that just makes your offense it's so much easier to coach um something we're having a little bit of issues with down here at tech is like we've got a couple guys that struggle to shoot but they're, they're good at getting to the rim and when you have too many guys like that on the court as you saw with our 2022 21 years when you don't have enough shooters it's kind of like makes it harder to score so i felt like sometimes we were almost struggling to even get a shot off i mean if you look at our games against like Auburn, when we played against Kessler, games like that where Oscar had like 20 plus rebounds, it's because sometimes we threw that thing up to the rim and we were just hoping Oscar got it. And, you know, that's one way to play. But the way they're playing now is is much more exciting, much more fun. They They enjoy it and it's showcasing everyone's talents a little bit, too which, you know, that's all you want when you come to UK. You you want to compete against the best and show that you're an NBA player, and I think it's working great this year. I think I want to say they're a Final Four or a national championship team. I'll say they have the talent, um, but they got to stay healthy. Hopefully they get um, Ivana – what is his name? I can't – I can't say it. Isich, I think that's how you say it. Yeah, Ivisic, yeah. Uh, they just got to get some of those pieces together. They got to get Ugana. Ugana worked his ass off last summer. He's gotten so much better. I can already, I can already tell, and he's barely played. Um, you know, and one of the unsung heroes that's not going to get talked about much on their coaching staff is is John Welsh. That guy knows what he is doing as far as player development. And I'm telling you, those guys, all those players, Reed, Rob, DJ, they are. Even a do guys like that, they are soaking every bit of that NBA experience up. I don't know how much you know about John's background, but he has been on various NBA teams for years. He worked under Doc Rivers. He worked with the Nuggets. Like he's soaked up, and he's a gym rat. He he lives in the gym, and I think that's one of the, I think that's one of the things we missed the last couple of years was a really good player development guy. And I thought freshman year I had that with Kenny. I learned, I will say most of my workouts that I do individually are all stuff that I saw Kenny Payne do my freshman year. And I picked out some things over the next couple of years from various coaches. But, you know, KP was one of those guys that would get in with them and and teach them right from wrong on the court, you know. And they haven't had that the last two years I was there. You know, those those last two or three had a lot of coaching changes, um, a little bit of inconsistency. And you know, with Welsh, he's that he is that guy. He's the guy that's going to be in there when no one else is looking and teach this guy to rip past someone's hip or to, you know, I, I mean, Tyrese, Tyrese used to dribble to his hip when he was trying to drive past people. It's something as simple as pushing the ball out sometimes and you make the guy so much better. And I think Coach Welsh has got that attention to detail that's going to make those guys pros this year. Question for you. So, I know part of it is also we got Welsh, but uh, 
but Cal went out and got his guys too. He, he's got, he went back to kind of his elite freshman recruit uh, recruits kind of got back to his bread and butter and you combine both of those and you know, you've got what we've got this year. Now this is just a question for you. Do you think if we would have gotten coach Welsh uh, a couple years earlier, you know, with the teams that maybe didn't have as much as talent, would we still have reaped that benefits from him? Do you think he's just that good of a coach or is it, is it both of those kind of combined or what's your kind of take on that? I think it's a little bit of both. I do think we have more talent this year than what we've had, but I do think he would have helped just as much. I don't know if the results would have shown as much because there's less talent there, but I'm telling you right now, Coach Welsh would have made, would have done so much more significant, you know, work. Like it's, there's a difference between putting in the amount of time of work or amount of quality work. And the work you put in the gym with Coach Welsh and guys like Kenny Payne, um, even guys like Joel Justice, like those guys, it's quality work. It, it's you're getting better when you get in the gym. You're not going in there and just chucking threes and not paying attention to any details. And, you know, I think he definitely would have added some wins to that, you know, to those two years, two or three years that we didn't have Kenny. So for us, you know, we've never got to experience a coaching staff. You've been in it for years now. What exactly is it that like I know we've heard all about that the coach at Welsh is getting, you know, he he's the guy that's here for the job. He's he's give we give a lot of offensive credit to him, but like what what is it that he goes in there and what's he providing to this team in terms of like the the exact job that he does? Like I know you I don't know if you've gotten to talk to him and I think you all maybe missed years, didn't you all? But like what is it that that coach literally goes in and how does he make this team better? Because we just don't get to see that inside stuff like you've been there and experienced yourself. Yeah, so it's interesting how different coaching staffs kind of work in the country. This is a different coaching staff than, you know, the, the ones that I experienced at Kentucky. And I've met a lot of coaches because my freshman year, it was it was Cal with Robes, Kenny, Joel, Tony, Barbie, I believe. Um, I'm going to be missing one. Um, and then fast forward, you have Bruiser come in. Tony goes and takes the Central Michigan job. Joel takes the Arizona State job. Um, so I've seen a lot of different coaches and like what they do. Um, and I would say that Coach Welsh, attention to detail, player development stuff, maybe some offense. I haven't really seen how they interact as a group. Um, but different coaches, like like we have a coach, for example, at Tennessee Tech, Blake Gray. He's mainly the guy that Pell asks about offense. And then Coach Fain or Coach Steele, the, they kind of both – help with the defensive like strategy and stuff like that. And they kind of split up their team scouts. Um, I don't really know how it is at Kentucky in terms of, you know, especially this year. Um, but I would say Welsh is like, okay, I'm going to make these players better. I'm player development. That is probably what his, you know, his strong suit is. And then you've got guys like Chin. Chin is a defensive mind. Like he is, he's one of those guys that he's going to, he's going to make you go do it over and over and over in scout team. And, and even on, on the court, you know, just, he's a big defensive guy. You can hear him screaming out plays when we're playing watch them play this week. Who do they play Florida or something? Or yep. um, when they play their first SEC game this week, he's going to be calling out Florida sets as, as they go before they even come off the screens. Like he'll be yelling, zoom, zoom. Chin is that guy that is going to help supplement Cal with defense. So one thing that I've noticed is that, you know, the coach, the head coach takes all the responsibility of winning and losing, but having an assistant coaching staff that that it can supplement you 
it, it's such an important thing and you can't win without it. You cannot. It, yeah, that might be the most, one of the most important things I've learned the past couple of years is that you need a good staff, like a good support staff to be a good program. Yeah. That's something we've gotten to see from the outside perspective. I, I've been able to, tell that too you don't have the personnel i know cal gets the wins and losses but yeah I, i've been able to see and i don't even get to experience the things that you have that the coaching staff does matter um one thing i did want to get your quick take on is um before we wrap up in a few minutes but tyler Ulis, man i, I just as like a, a kentucky kid growing up just a fan you know we both went through this selfishly like i enjoy so much i don't even know what kind of value he provides in terms of what he does but just having tyler Ulis one of the Kentucky Cal greats on the bench, just seeing him at the games. I think it's so cool. What Did you ever get to kind of meet him? I, I don't know if you all got the yeah. staff or not. Yeah. So shortly after, you know, Tyler's accident, Cal kind of talked to him was like, Hey, if you want to, you know, work your way into coaching or something, like just let me know. And, and Tyler kind of took him up on that. And I don't know exactly what his role is this year, but I know last year he was more like, paying attention to detail and, and and Cal would ask him questions just about what would you do? What did we do? What would you do? Because he's such a smart point guard. He would always make the right decision. Um, he's got those years. He's got that experience. And for a guy like Rob Dillingham and DJ Wagner to be able to soak up that, that is so important for them. Um, and even for Cal, Cal will be like, Hey, did we guard this guy heels to the three point line or, or would would you rather ball pressure this guy or what? And and Tyler will snap back the answer immediately. And, you know, he's one of those guys that really knows the game. And uh, I don't know exactly what his role would be this year. Um, but if, if you were to ask me, it's probably attention to detail, certain things, you know, making the, making the guards better in certain ways, whether it's, you know, picking like pick and roll coverage, pick and roll offense, uh, things like that he kind of touches on yeah I see, I've seen him a bunch like especially in warm-ups he's the kind of guy getting things going you see him over there on the bench talking to DJ Rob the whole time Reed um, I don't know what he does but I think it is more of like in-game stuff um, and then just his knowledge I mean that's just good enough for me just him telling you he, he's played you know he's got the experience and he was very elite at it in college so I, I love it. It's a hundred percent approval rating for me, but um, wrapping up here. Um, so this team has been very exciting, high offense, high production. Um, you got a player on this team that you like, you know, the most as more of just in terms of that provides you most enjoyment watching or like, what's, what you think about this team in terms of just watching from afar? So a little bit selfishly, uh, I'm, I'm already a little bit close with Reed. I love Reed. Um, a lot of people would tell me, over the summer, oh, what do you think he's going to do here? Like, he's a little undersized. You can't really compare him to a guy like Tyler Hero or, you know, a really good UK guard. He's a little bit different than what we've had. And I, I'm like, you know, I wasn't worried about him because I got in the gym with him and I saw how, you know, he pays attention to detail. He he had a little bit of a hitch in his shot over the summer, and we just got so many reps up to try to get that out and he he soaked up every bit of information I could, you know, I could give him. Um, and I tried to, you know, do as much as I could to prepare him for Kentucky practices and, you know, drills and stuff like that and get him in shape. And, you know, he just soaks it all in. He's a student of the game. He's a great kid. You don't have to worry about anything with him. And it's unreal, his 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 intangibles. It's like something that people don't understand is that, there's so many intangibles to the sport that some things you just can't teach. I mean, 
having like being able to be in the right place at the right time. He's always just knowing what's going to happen. That's something that I think is, you know, made the team so much better. Another one for me, just because he's so exciting to watch is Rob. Rob is, you know, one of those guys that Cal is doing the right thing because you got to let him go sometimes. And that's something that imagine how, how fantastic he would have been if we had him two, three years ago because yeah. he struggled to score at times. And when you're, when you, you know, when the other team is guarding your stuff perfectly and, you know, you can't buy a bucket, put it in his hands. He'll do something. He'll get you an open shot. He'll get to the line. He's going to make a, a good play. And every once in a while, he'll do some crazy stuff. But, you know, that's just kind of how he plays. And, you know, you kind of have to rock with him and let him do that. And and as he does that, he's going to learn. And, and, of course, you've got Coach Welsh and Tyler Eulis, who knows how to play the game the right way. And Tyler wasn't as bouncy or athletic as Rob, but he played the right way. And when you get a guy that was undersized and still could be effective and you give it you give that knowledge to DJ Reed Rob got goes like it's gonna it's gonna take them off they're gonna take off they're gonna be stars so you know Rob at times can be a little wild but it's just kind of how he plays and he, you can't even complain because he makes shots like you know if he comes down splits a ball screen and does a behind the back pull up and makes it compared to like Reed would probably just do a push out one dribble pull up they both made the shot it doesn't matter it doesn't matter. So, you know, Cal's doing the right thing and just letting him rock. And if it gets a little crazy, maybe set him down a second. But, you know, I was, I've been impressed with Rob because I was a little bit worried about his size. Like he's a, he's even even smaller than Reed in terms of like weight and, you know, but he's staying in front. He's guarding his ass off. And, you know, that's why you come to Kentucky. That's why you come. You 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 have your worst attributes and they try to work they try to pound that shit out of you. Like exactly what they're doing is they're, they're trying to, they're going to attack Rob. What do you think Tennessee's going to do? They're going to try to get connect, get a switch on Rob. You know, the, the white guy for Tennessee, Dalton connect. He's going to try to attack Rob, but you know what? They're going to stop him. I'm not worried about it. So yeah. you know, just that combination of the coaching staff that they got now with the talent and these guys, they're going to be fantastic. I'm excited. I'm really excited for this year. Yeah, a lot of great options. And even if they do try to stop Rob, Kentucky's got a handful more guys that can have their night. Um, but, yeah, Jonas, thanks for hopping on here, man. And, um, again, we'll help, hopefully have you maybe some other t- uh, time in this season, especially when kind of postseason play starts to ramp up. You know, we're expecting a good – finally for a, a handful of years, an SEC tournament run and hopefully NCAA tournament run, unless this all just fails for some reason, which I don't expect. But, anyways – Jonas, um, thanks for hopping on. And did you have any last words before we let you get back to your um, your the good fight down there in Tennessee? Uh, no, man, I appreciate you having me. Uh, just call me anytime. Uh, if you got any questions about, like, playbook stuff, X's and O's, that's something I've been working on. Um, so, you know, any questions you got regarding Kentucky. I try to watch all their games. Some nights I have games at the same time. Um, but, you know, got to be a Cats fan whenever I can, you know. Definitely. Well, appreciate you, man. We'll see you next time.